I want you to turn to page 546 in your Bible, and we're going to be there in just a moment. I want to show you a verse. You may, you may have read it and not thought much about it, or maybe you've read it a hundred times and say, boy, that's, that verse has really helped me. But I ran across this verse uh, just uh, not too awfully long ago, and what a blessing it's been to me. But I do want to talk today about this whole idea of a thorn in the flesh. Paul said he had a thorn in the flesh. We're going to talk about that. Now, to get us started, I, I was thinking, the fact of the matter is, all of us, as we go through life, we have problems. Everybody has problems. We have things that we would, I guess, classify as difficulties. We sometimes have pain. We sometimes have suffering. We see a lot of people with pain and suffering. Sometimes we have disappointments. Now, none of those things we want to have. I can't imagine anybody saying, I hope every day I have problems and difficulties and pain and suffering and disappointments. But the bottom line is, each one of those things if responded to in the right way, actually draws us closer to God. That's the good side of it. Now, there's some bad sides. But let me show you something. In Psalm 119, on page 546, this is the longest chapter in the Bible. Sometimes I tell people that are a little nervous about being baptized. Some people are very afraid of the water. And I say, don't dare worry. I'm going to have someone read Psalm 119 while I hold you under the water. And normally they've never read someone. They go home and look at that thing and go join the Methodist church. But anyway, they don't. But look with me. You're on page 546. Look in verse 71, Psalm 119. By the way, uh, before I even read that verse, well, I don't have it written in this Bible. All but about seven or eight verses in this long chapter deal with the Bible. It uses different words like your law and your statutes and your commandments. But I think there are about seven or eight verses in this whole long psalm that does not specifically deal with the Bible. But look with me in verse 71. Here's this verse I had never noticed until some months ago. It says, it is good for me that I've been afflicted. And when I read that, I thought, well, I don't, because at that time, we were going through some affliction. I thought, I don't see anything good in this. It's good for me that I have been afflicted. And then it tells why, that I may learn your statutes. In other words, when we're going through things in life that are difficult, things we wish we'd not been going through, the bottom line of that, what we do, we, we, we learn how God's Word and, and Scripture uh, it works for our good. Now, with that said, if you'll turn to page 1032, uh, which will get you in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter number 12, Paul talks about this thing that he calls a thorn in the flesh. And let's just look at it. It, it says, in, let's just look in verse 7. It says, and lest I should be exalted above measure, by the abundance of the revelations. Now, time here on Tuesday does not permit us to read as much scripture as I wish sometime we could. But if we could go back in chapter 11 and pick up and read on and get on into chapter 12, we find that Paul had been given these unusual revelations. In fact, we, we read about uh, six of those elsewhere beside right here. Uh, in, in the book of Acts, where and in and, and this particular case, he'd had this revelation that, uh, of course, he, he, he speaks in the third person. He's talking about himself. Bottom line, that 
whether in the body or out of the body, that he had been to heaven and come back. And, and so when he was having all these kind of revelations, he says, uh, this is kind of my, I had an abundance of these revelations. He says, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. And then he says, concerning this thing, this thing being this thorn in the flesh, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. So he has this thorn in the flesh, and he asked God not once, not twice, but three times, please remove this. And, he, and God's answer came back. <laughs> he didn't even answer it. He just gave him the solution. He said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength uh, is made perfect, that is complete in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, Paul said, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, that's when I learn that God can make me and does make me very strong. Now, you know, that's a, that's a very interesting thing. Now, let's, let's think of it this way. In fact, I had it put together another way. And then this morning, I, I kind of deleted a bunch of stuff that I really wanted to talk about. But as John says to me many times, he said, Dad, sometimes you're, you get into these things and you get excited about things you're learning and you talk about a lot of stuff, but it doesn't take you anywhere. That's my own son telling me. <laughs> well, I got looking at it this morning. I thought all this stuff I was going to do today right here, it, it's good stuff, but actually it doesn't take me anywhere. So I just highlighted it and hit the delete button. And our dear minister of music has not read revision number three, so he has no clue where I'm going at this point. But I thought maybe a better way to look at this thing is to ask two questions. Question number one, now we've all heard about this thorn in the flesh. The question that really comes to mind is, you know, what was Paul's thorn in the flesh? He talks about it. He says, I, it was given to me a thorn in the flesh. Well, what was it? Well, bottom line there is no word in Scripture that would reveal to us, say to us, really even imply. Now, I know we take one little verse over in Galatians and try to answer it, and we'll deal with it in a moment. But, but actually, the answer is we don't know what this thorn in the flesh is. And that is a good thing that we don't know. And I'll tell you why that's a good thing in a moment. But having said that, there are those guilty as I'm guilty, and John says to me sometimes, we call it sanctified speculation. That means you just use your brain. You, you, it's kind of like a, a sanctified, well, maybe it was this. You're going to speculate. Well, the truth of the matter is, I read the other day in a book over 50 different sanctified speculations of what Paul's thorn in the flesh might be. And of course, at the end of that deal, John would say, well, that's all interesting, but we don't know about any of it. Well, that, that is true. But, you know, people, you say, well, what, what do people think? It, well, I've thought, well, you know, maybe Paul's thorn in the flesh, and I'd have some biblical reason this is a possibility. We don't know what it was. But maybe, maybe it was his disappointment in people 
Maybe that was his thorn in the flesh. And I was thinking, he mentioned several people in his letters that had kind of disappointed him. But then I was thinking this morning about old John Mark. You know, in the book of Acts in chapter 13, John Mark was with Paul on a missionary journey. And he decided to kind of quit. It's a very interesting story. And he went back to Jerusalem. He just, he just quit on Paul. And it really upset Paul because if you go over in chapter 15, you read that, that Barnabas, he, he wound up taking John Mark later to do some missionary work. And Paul would have nothing to do with, with John Mark at that point. And he took a man named Silas. So they had some kind of falling out. And John Mark went back home. And maybe, you know, when he says this thorn in the flesh, of course, as you read on in his letters later on, he asked for Mark, who had been a blessing to him, to come. So he got over that thing. Maybe that was it. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it was some of the persecution that he had gone through. You're in chapter 12. If you look back in chapter 11, like down, um, well, in verses 23 and 24, he talks about uh, the, from the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes, three times I was beaten with rods, once I was stoned. Well, this list just goes, I mean, man, that's some bad. Maybe, maybe that was his thorn in the flesh. I mean, that's a, that's a good, honest, sanctified speculation. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe it was the persecution that he experienced. I don't know. Maybe it was somebody... Uh, uh, maybe it was periods that he went through in his life where he became somewhat depressed. As you read some of his writings, you see him at times, uh, you say, well, he must have been a little bit depressed. Maybe, that, maybe that's what it was. You know, it, it, I, I was thinking this morning, of course, here again, we don't know, but I mean, there's nothing wrong with using our brain just to think. Maybe his thorn in the flesh was as he remembered all the Christians that he persecuted before he was saved, before he met Jesus on the road, on the Damascus road. Maybe as he thought back, my gracious, back before I knew Jesus, before I was saved, before I became a follower, I was persecuting these Christians. And maybe that was his thorn in the flesh. Well, Scripture doesn't tell us what it was. And, you know, it's, it's a good thing it doesn't. Is Here's why it's a good thing it doesn't. If Paul had identified whatever his thorn in the flesh was, then what we learn, as we're going to look in a moment, would only apply if we had that one single particular thorn. So we don't know what it was. And the good thing is, it's good we don't know. We just know he had something that was a thorn in his flesh. Now here's what I know, and I'll be back to it in a moment. All of us have some thorns in our flesh. This is why this scripture is so real for me because uh, maybe I'll mention going back around again. But like I have one particular thorn in the flesh. Now I have some other thorns in the flesh. You say, oh boy, this is fixing to get good. You're going to tell us what it is. <laughs> no, I'm going to be like the Apostle Paul. I'm just going to let you guess. <laughs> but I'm simply saying, I'll just confess, I have one thorn in the flesh that is, is like, it, it's, it's, it's a major thing in the flesh to me. And then I have others. But here's, here's the deal. Everybody in this room has some thorns in the flesh. They may be some the same. They may not. But we're going to learn something I think will help us. Well, here's the question. Like, what was Paul's thorn in the flesh? Well, we don't know. We can speculate. But, but like, why was he given a thorn in the flesh? Now, we do know that. And really, for two reasons, and we see them here in verse 7, one of the reasons is so that people would not think 
too highly of him. Like, I mean, anybody that tells you they've been to heaven and back uh, or somebody that, uh, you know, seems like they've had some mystical spiritual experience, it's just easy for people almost to become worshipers of that person. We see that oftentimes, very, very sad. I want to encourage you, don't ever worship a person, worship Jesus. Could I have an amen to that? If you ever hold up a human being, you'll, you'll be let down because all of us are human. But Paul, maybe, maybe God gave him this story in the flesh so the people wouldn't exalt him above where he should be exalted. Or the other possibility, and I think, well, I think there's truth to that. I don't think that's speculated. Now, that's not sanctified speculation. That's right here in verse. The other is that, he, that old Paul wouldn't think too highly of Paul. You know, when people have had uh, marvelous success and the Apostle Paul would be up at the top of that list, it's so easy, it's even in Christian work, but it's in every realm. But in Christian work, if, if a minister uh, seems to be very successful, so many times what we find is they let it go to their head. They begin to think more highly of themselves. Now, the Apostle Paul, of course, he, he said, you know, Christ Jesus ain't world saved sinners of whom I am chief. So he got that. He dealt with that. But I'm encouraged to see someone admit that they need to be careful about their ego. And we all have to be careful about our ego. And, uh, well, as I think about that, I think about, well, now, what, what are some things you know, I, I've already said I have one particular thorn that, that, that's there, and then I have some other thorns, and I, I don't feel uncomfortable saying that because even though many of you won't admit it, you have a bunch of thorns too, and uh, this is just the way it is, and Satan will see to that just like he saw to it here. Uh, God certainly permitted uh, at least an, an angel of Satan, if not Satan himself, to put this thorn that he mentions here in chapter number 12 in his flesh. Well, let me just mention some things that I think are very helpful about that because these thorns in the flesh can be really a good thing. First of all, one of the first things I've learned is all the thorns don't necessarily go away. And that, like in Paul's case, it sure didn't. He said he asked God three times, but there's no mention of the thorn ever going away. All God told him, God didn't say, okay, I'm going to take the thorn away. In fact, he, he, he let him know that wasn't going to be the case. He just said, look, you've got the thorn, but you have something else. You have my grace is going to be all you need, and my strength is going to be your help. But it helps me to know that in life, even though we may ask God to remove a thorn, uh, it doesn't always work that way. And I think out there somewhere, maybe those thorns can help us prevent what might happen if that thorn had been removed. And then another thing that I've learned in this whole deal about thorns, I've learned that God's grace is enough and his strength is my help, whatever the thorn, whatever the disappointment, whatever the suffering, whatever the pain, uh, you know, whatever the difficulty, the fact of the matter is, we all go through this stuff. Well, here's the bottom line. God's grace is sufficient. I love, I love this little way of understanding that word grace. Grace is everything God is moving to meet our every need. So whatever needs you have, you have God's grace. 
And maybe that word grace just is well, something preachers talk about. I hope it's something we all experience in our daily life. God's grace is everything God is. All of his wisdom, all of his every, every attribute of God doing what? Moving to meet our every need. And so... Uh, one of the things that happened, thorns teach us that. Like if you never had a difficulty, I, I guess if you never had a if you never had a bad day, you wouldn't know how to appreciate a good day. Isn't that true? You know, I told you when I got up this morning. I said I slept better last night than I've ever slept. Night before I slept horrible. This morning I slept. Woke up. I told Dottie. I said I feel 21 years of age. She said, you need to see a doctor. <laughs> yeah. Well, if I thought I could trust you, I'd say, I think she was a thorn at that point. But anyway, I just, well, well, I just don't enjoy feeling good. No, seriously, I just, you know, don't you some days just get up and feel more energetic than other days? Like, like yesterday, I just was tired all day. I was. And like today, I woke up, I just was pressed. But it's like... If I hadn't had a tired day yesterday, I wouldn't know how to appreciate the day today. Well, let me tell you something else I've learned about these thorns. Now, this is the hard part. But I've learned to look at the thorns in my life as God's chastening. I won't talk about that in just a moment. Now, if you are a Proverbs reader, like if you read the proverb of the day each day, this is March the 3rd. And so, this morning, those of us that read a proverb of the day, we read Proverbs chapter number 3, which is one of my very favorite of all the, I love this chapter. My three favorite verses in all the Proverbs in this chapter, but that's not what really spoke to me this morning. As I was, as I was reading this morning, uh, I looked down, as I was reading along, and when I was reading my proverb this morning, I wasn't even thinking about our Bible lunch. I was just reading my proverb. But down in Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 11, the proverb says, My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord. There's the word. Nor detest his correction. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects, just as a father the son whom he delights. Now, the classic scripture on the chastening of the Lord in all the Bible would be in Hebrews chapter 12. And we won't turn to read that. But it's in verses 5, 6, 7, along in there. But what those verses do, they quote that scripture right out of Proverbs chapter 3. The writer of Proverbs uses those very chapters. Now, what I'm saying to you is, as, as I have lived my life, and as I'm living my life, and you, you go through, I mean, we go through problems. We all do. We go, through, uh, we go through difficulties. We all do. We have some pain. We have some suffering. We have disappointments. All of us have a disappointment. Okay, these things... I, I, we need to look at these things, at least consider, could these things be a thorn that God has sent our way or allowed to come our way to chasten us? Now, this word chastening, I, uh, Dr. R.T. Kendall has the best way to put a handle on that word because it's kind of a word we don't understand. He, he, he describes that word as enforced learning. God has a way of enforcing learning, and that way is the way of chastening. Now, there are three different kinds of chastening. 
There's, I'm going to call them plan A, plan B, and plan C. Plan A chastening, now it's the best kind. It's where a person reads the Bible or they're hearing the Bible taught or preached. And the Holy Spirit of God, whether they're reading it or someone's teaching it to them, but the Holy Spirit of God takes His Word and applies it to their life to help them, to guide them, to teach them. That's plan A. That is like, that's the best chastening you have. That is internal chastening. Now, plan B, plan B is not as good, but sometimes God uses plan B and it becomes our thorn in the flesh. And plan B is external chastening. External chastening. You say, well, what, uh, what, what what is that? Well, it's it's what it's things that happen outside. It it could be sickness. It could be the loss of a job. It could be a, a long a long. It could be financial issues. Or it could be relationships. In other words, it's it's external things that that we don't really have a whole lot of control over. But yet, God oftentimes uses these things to almost enforce learning. When sometimes we're too stubborn. To just listen and look at the Word of God and let God's Spirit teach us from His Word. That's the easier way to do it. Now, there's this third chastening. You don't want it. I call it Plan C chastening. Uh, It's eternal chastening. You say, what is that? Death. That's in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 30. He said, you know, some people, you know, the solution is they sleep. Well, that word sleep means they die. So um, that, that's a pretty hard way to learn, but it's, it's in Scripture. But be that as it may. But what I'm saying to you is when I go through disappointments and I go through hard things, like I'm human and many times, you know, I, I, I respond like a human. I say, wait a minute here. I need to see this thing from God's perspective, this, you know, God, this thing's happened, so God's allowed to happen. So I, I need to see what God's going to teach me through this. And one of the things God's going to teach us is His grace really is sufficient, and His strength is always the help that we need, whatever we're going through. So that's a great thing. And then I guess another thing that I've learned, there'll be a lot more than these, but these are all we have time for, that uh, I, I've learned that. As I look back on my life, especially, you, you know, when you're going through it, you don't see it. But when you look back on it, I think in my life there have been thorns that turned out to be the best thing that ever happened to me other than my salvation. Now, when I was going through it, uh, I didn't see that. Or maybe my family going through it, I didn't see that. But as you journey on down, you look back on that and say, you know, back when I was going through that, I wish we hadn't had to go through that. But... The fact is, <laughs> that's one of the best things that ever happened. Now, let me tell you what happened this morning. Let me tell you what happened this morning. Now, Dottie, well, I think she asked me yesterday, what are you talking on tomorrow? And I said, well, I'm talking about Paul's thorn in the flesh. She said, you think they'll want to hear about that? I said, well, we won't vote on it. I'm just going to go out there and talk on it. And that's kind of where that thing is. Now, this morning, and this is exactly, I'm telling you exactly what happened. Uh, we, get, we were kind of early, and I said to her, let's, let's run over to Panera Bread and just get uh, some little coffee and, and, and just have a little time to talk because it's going to be a long day, and I won't see you again tonight. And uh, on our way to Panera Bread, there was no discussion 
about my message today. We weren't talking about any of it. We just, I'm just driving the car. And, and all at once, she comes out with this statement. Nothing unusual about that. Dottie is gifted at doing that. But anyway, it was so overwhelming that when we got back home, I went back to my study upstairs, and I came back down a little bit, and I said, you, you had a statement that you made this morning. And I told her, I said, would you mind making that statement? I want to write it down. I said, word for word, I want to write down what you said. Do you remember it? She said, oh, I do. Now, here's what she said, and I, I'm reading what she said. She said, we just riding down Fairmont, and here comes Dottie. Out of the clear blue, here's what she says. She said, you know, if God said to me, Dottie, if you would like me to, I'll just erase the year 2019 as though it never happened, and all the things that you went through as though they never did happen, if, you, if, that's, if that would be what you'd like me to do, I'll do it. I would say back to God, thank you, God, for that offer, but I would not want you to change a thing because of the blessings I have received in 2019 and what I went through. Wouldn't that be your testimony about some things? You see, a lot of times these things we go through, when you look back on them, they weren't enjoyable, no. But the fact of the matter is, the blessings that come from them is absolutely unbelievable. And so sometimes these thorns in the flesh, <laughs> they, they made Paul a better person, and they'll make us a better person if we understand something about them. Father God, thank you. Lord, none of us like problems and difficulties and pain and suffering, disappointments. But God, the fact is, and I thank you, God, sometimes you do just remove these thorns. But God, most of us have some thorns that, that for whatever reason, you've not removed them. But what you have done, you have given us grace and strength to help. And we learn from them. And God, sometimes it takes a while to see it. Sometimes, God, we may never see it. But I thank you for blessings that come from things we go through in life. In Jesus' name, amen.